Welcome back, pinball nerds, to episode 462 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Lubbard, and on today's episode, I'm very excited to be counting out for you the 88 pinball nerds I'm most appreciative of here for our Good Friday special. Now, anyone who knows me will tell you that I am not a religious type person, even though I was baptized Catholic when I was a baby. Then uh, I was also baptized into the United Church, and then later on, I was even baptized into. Uh, a Pentecostal church, a full water baptism. That's right. I was first to go because my last name was Agar, and I even hit my head on the back of the hot tub on the stage. That's how you know when you're in a Pentecostal church, when you're getting a full water baptism like Kanye West wearing all white clothing, and you smash your head at the back, and the guitarist plays like a funny riff, and you get the ba-doom from the drummer. And you're like, yeah. So, yeah, a little more exciting than a Catholic church little stranger also. Um, I'll just say this. If you're in a church and people start randomly praying in tongues, it gets weird. It gets weird. It gets really weird. You go, whoa, are you sure we're in church? Because it's freaking me out a little. Are we crossing over to cult area here? I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to go religious today. I want to go thankful because that's something my mom did instill in me is to be very thankful and grateful for things because believe it or not, sometimes I would forget to do that. And so now I like to stop and smell uh, all of the pop bumpers. No, I like to stop and smell the roses and really just thank everybody for everything they've done. So previously I've done a show like this where I did the top 100 most rad people of pinball, but then I forgot about someone and I felt bad and like, oh, then I had to worry about ranking them in radness. That show took hours to write. Guys, I woke up 19 minutes ago. Well, I kind of, I kind of rolled over in bed and Maybe got a little cuddles this morning with Drop Target Danielle before we came down. But I literally haven't walked down the stairs until under 20 minutes ago. I sat down here with my little fresh piece of paper, my little notepad, and just as, as the people flowed out of my brain, I put it down. And I didn't know 20 minutes ago I was going to write this episode. So that is kind of the nice part. I understand that lots of times I go off topic. I don't take out filler words. I say, um, yeah, anyways, too much, or galleons, or some type of word, too much. You can hear me breathe and you can hear me go <sighs> in between and you can hear the sound of the mud between my toes like you did yesterday or running through the water. Uh, I, I listen back to the sound of the mud. Like I always put up the podcast, then I listen to it. And if it's horrible or something, well, I've, I've only taken down one pinball podcast and that's when I really called out uh, Chris from Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I thought it was just, it was just too hot. It wasn't my style. I kind of went after Chris in Chris's style and well, you got to be you, baby. So without further ado, we got 88 people to get through in half an hour. I don't know if I'm going to make it. You don't know if I'm going to make it. Let's just get started with the man and the mustache, Mr. Roger Sharp. Roger Sharp, thank you for everything you've done from pinball, from every single rad pitcher you've taken, to every article you've written, to every person you've interviewed, to every pinball machine you've helped make, to everything you've done for pinball, uh, especially... I will say this on a personal level, Roger Sharp, I was having a real difficult day. I had gone two days in a row with no sleep. And as many of you know, uh, I'm uh, at the very least, I have ADHD, if not uh, possibly struggle with uh, a very treatable low end form of bipolarism. And uh, basically, I was real down in the dumps. When I get upset, I get really upset. And I was really down in the dumps while playing A Division. And uh, Roger Sharp was playing beside me. And after the game was finished, not in between balls, that's inappropriate to go over and bug. I don't care if it's Keith Elwin or if it's Roger Sharp or who it is. Jack Danger is playing right beside you. 
while they're in the middle of their game, don't go over and like tell them how awesome they are. Wait till their game's done. That's just respectful, right? So I waited and, and waited and I thought, nah, I'm not going to I want to introduce myself, but I shouldn't. And I want to and I shouldn't. And all of a sudden, there goes walking by my friend, Julie Dorsers. And she goes, Albert, have you ever met Roger Sharp? And I said, no. And she goes, well, you should ask him for an interview. I said, I don't want to ask him for an interview. You could maybe inter like introduce us. And she was like, ah, get over here. Roger Sharp, hey. And he's like, oh, hey, Julie. And, and you know, they know each other, obviously, or at least have met on several occasions. And uh, thank you so much, Julie. But let's keep moving on here in this list. Roger, thank you for everything you've done for pinball. Of course, I'm thinking of Roger, and the apples don't fall far from the tree. Next, I thought about Zach Sharp. Zach, thanks for all you did uh, and continue to do for pinball as far as Stern pinball uh, and 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 marketing. And, and sometimes I confuse Zach and Josh because one of the two of them does marketing for Stern, and the other one helps run IFPA. And I believe that Josh Sharp is the one that helps run IFPA. So... Zach, thanks for all you do over there at Stern. Uh, you end up getting a lot of arrows in your back saying that you did mistakes with marketing. But frankly, I got honors in marketing in first semester uh, at Fanshawe College. And I graduated the other three semesters, though. I did graduate from Fanshawe Community College. It was very much a community college like the show Community. Uh, I, I am not smart or intelligent enough to go to a universita or a tier one college, I believe they call it in the United States. So... Uh, but Josh and Zach, thanks for all you do for pinball. You've provided endless, countless clips. I remember when I was watching, um, the, you know, the show about the man who saved pinball, the, the vice documentary that really started to get me back into pinball again. Uh, cause I'm a giant fan of, of vice and watching a lot of their videos and just Zach and Josh were both having fun with it, but also very serious, but you know, and, and just even the swearing and everything else was, Whoa, these guys are hardcore. These guys are freaking like, they take their pinball serious for serious, yo. And I don't know why, but this made me think of Mr. Uh, Ryan Kuiper of TurboGrafx-7. Ryan Kuiper, thanks for all you do for pinball. It was great to meet you and hang out with you at Pemberg. That's why I thought of that. I actually did think of that because when I was thinking of Zach and Josh, I wanted to think of a story about talking to them or running into them. And I've never talked to them, but I have ran into them. One time they were both walking over towards the bathroom uh, near the front, near uh, the front where the A division stages. And I was walking over to the, the bathroom there at the same time. And somehow I got squished between them and they ended up having a conversation while waiting in line. Not they weren't like going to the bathroom. They weren't at the urinals or in the stall, but like, well, there was a long lineup for the bathroom and they were kind of chatting. I kind of felt awkward because I was sort of like sandwiched between them and they were kind of talking in and around and over me. I was just trying to like stay out of the way. And I was like, and I just, I just thought in my head, selfishly, I was thinking in my head, do they even freaking have either of them even heard of the Pinball Nerds podcast? And I'm like, no, no, they haven't. I have a hundred listeners. Okay. Now I did see something really neat. There must be a couple new people coming over because I broke my record, not only with Ian and Drew, uh, I broke my record for a hundred listens in a day, but you guys can probably hear drop target Danielle over here. She's busy <laughs> with the book, but that's okay. I just see. Through the, she literally threw the book, right? As she was saying that. Um, but we're also having our tea this morning. So if you hear a little sippings, don't worry. It's a little ASMR for uh, Jeff there because Jeff Teolis, he's not only overexposed, but this man, he loves the ASMR. Uh, <laughs> just jokes. Jokes, Jeff. Okay. So going back here, 
I ran into TurboGrafx-7 at Pemberg and actually ran into him a couple times, not only the night before, but then uh, I actually ran into him a couple times each day. And that was one of the favorite parts of my day was just catching up with Ryan and seeing how he's doing. I love watching his stream TurboGrafx-7 on Twitch. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. He usually streams with number five on my list, Mr. Dave Brennan, currently of American Pinball. Dave Brennan uh, like grew up on a farm and stuff. So he had like goats and chickens. And so he knows all about it. Uh, I love chatting with him there about that kind of homesteading stuff when he's on there. And when you're thinking of Davids, you've got to think of another David with American Pinball. Mr. If it's not broken, let's David fix it. No, I'm just kidding. American Pinball was broken. They needed help with their, their entertainment, okay? Their entertainment. They needed help with their marketing, and they needed help with their entertainment because, they, you know, you didn't hear about them that often in the news, good or bad. Um, all you heard was that the machines came out incredible, but the themes were meh. Right, I like the artwork on Houdini, but the theme for and even as a guy, kid who grew up loving magicians and 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 liking David Copperfield and you know being in the mid '90s when we were watching all that kind of stuff where he was making like he made like the Empire State Building disappear. Even as a kid, I was like, why don't you just go for something reasonable? Most people make like a hat disappear or like a little like a rabbit or like even a person, but a giant building. Come on, David. Uh, but no, David Fix. Although he said a couple really irritating and annoying things, like you can't have an opinion about pinball until you've been in it for five years. Oh, yeah, I hit six years on IFPA. That's right. I'm David Fix approved. Whoosh, there's my stamp. Um, he also said, a, I think that like he's not as bad as Robert Mueller. The stuff that he said wasn't as outlandish. And I think he's pulled back. When you've heard him in the last couple interviews, he's realized, hey, maybe some of the outlandish stuff David Fix did was to get us talking about American pinball. And if so, it worked. Uh, but if you're going to tout your own horn that hard, if you're going to blow the horn that hard, uh, you're going to have to realize you're going to get a little bit of blowback, right? Like when you're when you're just going that far over the top. Now, when I started thinking about David will fix it, I thought, well, what doesn't need fixed in pinball? And the one pinball person on this list, like no matter what, I couldn't think of one constructive criticism for. That would be Mr. Keith Elwin. Ever since Keith, now never mind everything Keith did for pinball as an operator, and then everything pinball Keith did for pinball as a, <clears throat> um, a competitive player. Now think about how Keith Elwin has reinvigorated. I kept telling everyone in pinball around the time that Aerosmith was coming out, around the time that Ghostbusters came out. I kept saying, I don't like any of these new games. Why are they all two flippers? All the old games that were interesting. If you think back about like Radical, and you think back about all these cool games with interesting and neat flow, um, you know, even the getaway, like they were all at least three flipper games. And there was a reason for that. That third flipper opens up horizontal movement on the play field, allowing shots to not just go vertical from the flippers. So it'd actually be better if you were going to remove one of four flippers on a pinball machine, you'd actually be smarter to remove like one of the bottom two flippers because you can almost backhand pretty much every shot I can't even there's two or three orbits even orbital Albert can't backhand and I can backhand off just the very tip of it and and I like backhand shots I'm good at those in fact believe it or not I was once a ranked junior in Ontario I broke into the top 1,000 tennis players under 18 when I was only 14 and my backhand was watch out literally uh my coach Jerome who uh at one point had had the pleasure of representing Canada at the Olympics in 1984. Uh, he 
1988? I don't know. It was in there. It was in that time. It was before I played with him because he wasn't as good by then, which is why I could even get aces on him. But the only thing good about my game besides my um, my serve, which I can still serve well over 100 to this day, kilometers, not miles. Come on, Americans. Um, <laughs> mind you, I do get tennis elbow. I get tennis elbow with 50 minutes in. But my backhand was just like, that was the side that Jerome and everyone else would say, okay, if you're going to try to beat Albert on the ladder, I think in the ladder I moved up to like eighth place. I could never beat this one girl, Miranda, who always destroyed me. My buddy Pete was a little higher than that too, and I couldn't beat him either. But just remember I played Miranda like three times, and she was like 11, and I was 14. Now, she was one of the top for her age in the city, but every time I was like, you can beat an 11-year-old girl. Come on. Come on. And then, no, she beat me again. I came close a couple times. came close. Um, let's get back to our list. Oh my God. Oh my God. How am I going to get to 88? Okay. Next on this list is Ed Krinsky. I started thinking about other pinball designers. I really, really, really enjoy. Now, unfortunately, Ed Krinsky's no longer on the earth. Uh, rest in peace, Ed Krinsky. But he of course made sing along the, uh, very famous game that I have, uh, donated to Mr. Zach many, um, because for being a jerk for him back there in December. And of course, uh, you know, if you're talking about Zach Many, you got to thank Zach, the the topper Messiah Many, for everything he's done for pinball. Like him or hate him, there's some people really who he just kind of rubs the wrong way, which, you know, that you're going to do that in pinball. I, I'm very sure there's way more people I've rubbed the wrong way than, than Zach has, right? So, I mean, you got to rub the right way. And if you don't rub the right way, then you're doing it wrong. And that's what, why is Drop Target Danielle laughing over there? Oh, she... There's a Cardinal and a Blue Jay. And they usually don't get along. And the Cardinal and the Blue Jay are getting along. That's like, that would be like if Jack Danger and Zach Many hung out and all of a sudden they're having beers and they're best buddies. <laughs> you guys are two birds. You guys are two birds. You guys are two peas in a pod. Speaking of two peas in a little miniature three-inch pod, we've got Dennis Kreisel, the most learned man in pinball. That's right. Um, I got to come up with a better nickname because most learned man is not like, that's not like rad. Uh, and Din Din, I don't feel like that's necessarily respectful. So I'm going to try to think of something else, even though it, it does stick. I can't forget about Din Din. That's Zach's fault. Um, Dennis, thanks for all you do. And of course, when I'm thinking about Dennis, I think about his co-host. Whoa, whoa. His co-host, Tony. That's right. Now, Tony most recently had his basement flooded. I believe it was the same storm system that came up here and caused us to have to run our sump pump. So I didn't, every time I was going to not be in the house for four hours, I would run my sump pump purposely by manually holding up the uh, bobber be, to get rid of all the excess water because I knew if I was gone for four hours, the sump pump could manually go to turn on and sometimes it doesn't turn on like the bobber moves up and it doesn't quite hit it and then water starts overflowing in my basement and then I get flooded and then there's issues so I just want to say I know where you're coming from thank you so much uh fingers crossed that doesn't happen again and your sump pump is working so speaking of famous Tonys I start thinking about Tony Scoots from the poor man's pinball tribe this guy is funny he's hilarious he's funny to see in chat and as soon as I started thinking of the poor men's pinball tribe, I couldn't think, I couldn't not think about Glenn the skateboarder. Uh, Glenn, I will say this. I did five lies and a truth yesterday for everybody who listened. Anyone who even knew me well, Glenn, this was kind of Glenn's idea. Like he, he really was trying to the last few days make it seem like I really was mad at him. And I was going to go a different direction. I couldn't think of anything realistic. I couldn't think of a reason why I realistically wouldn't like my most rad buddy. So for everyone who knows, the only reason I haven't been playing Glenn's song at the start of every Pinball Nerds podcast song 
is because either A, I ran out of time, which that does happen sometime, and hopefully it doesn't today because I got to wait if I add it today. No, I'll add it to the next episode because if I add it today, you'll know at the start uh, that I was just a lie. I absolutely love Glenn. Everything else I said was true. The wild animal that attacked me was unfortunately Luna. I had to pick Luna up because she ran across the road and was barking at the neighbor's garbage pail and the garbage man was coming and there was other vehicles on the road and she refused to come back to the house. So I ran across the road, picked her up. She does not like to be like manually restrained. And I picked her up. And as I brought her to the house, she knew when I was going up the stairs that I was going to be putting her in the bedroom and closing the door because to give her a short time out for not listening because the last thing I would want is for Ellen to get hit by a car. And uh, anyways, when I was running her up the stairs and yelling at her, maybe I was squeezing her a bit too tightly because I was angry and upset and scared for her life. But as I was bringing her into the room, she jumped, she nipped me and drew just a tiny, tiny little bit of blood uh, right above my uh, uh, finger, my finger. Like it was just a couple drops. Anyways, for that one second, I've never seen that look of anger in her face. So for now on, I think what we're going to have to do, I love letting her outside, but I just can't have her running across the road to the neighbors because it's too dangerous. So I think what we have to do is maybe possibly buy like one of those 40 feet leashes or something. Um, Elwin's cuddled up right beside me here right now. I'm petting her as we speak and I love her very much, but she does not like being yelled at and she definitely doesn't like it when you hold her and don't let her go, especially like I was walking with her like over a hundred meters from across the road, right? So Anyways, moving forward, I'll just probably set her down when we get in the house. And I don't know. I don't know. I think she was just, I was yelling at her and screaming at her. I think it was a mixture of that. I don't know. I'm new to dog owning. I'm going to try to get better at it. If you're out there and you have any tips for how to deal with a dog that won't stay on your property, feel free to send them to uh, nerds at gmail.com. And I check it about once a week. So if it takes a week to get back, you know why. Oh my God, we're at 11 with half the time gone. Okay, here we're going to go to the speed lightning round. All right. Next is Tim, the Lion Man Lee. Next, I uh, Tim, thank you for everything you do. The podcast of genius. Thanks for helping me write that. Um, next is, and this is kind of a, a scapegoat, but I was just going to say the organizer and then I was going to just say the owner, but I've decided to say absolutely everybody who works at and helps run um, Pemberg because every volunteer at Pemberg, every person there who works there, I'm only going to scapegoat twice and say everybody, but I had to do it this one time. Then I started thinking about everyone who helps with Papa, which of course is associated with that. And I think of Bo and Karen's and Bo and every single video you did helped me do better than I would have without it. The day before I would go to a pinball tournament for years, there wasn't lots of live streams back in the day. There wasn't tons of tutorial videos. There wasn't like 50 people doing YouTube pinball channels and videos, but there was Bo and Karen, Karen's at Papa teaching you how to play the game. Number 17 is absolutely, and this is the second time I'm going to do a scapegoat, absolutely everybody at Papa. And it's, it's going to be hard for me to remember everybody's names, but Papa's still there. I watch you guys Wednesday night forever. I hope you start live streaming again, those excellent machines. I hope as many of those machines from Pinbird can stay there as possible. Next is Chris Stevens from Play Better Pinball Podcast, Play Better Pinball on Twitch. Uh, he joined the show. Thanks, Chris Stevens, for joining the show and play better pinball. Next is Jack Danger. I don't have to tell you anything about him because you know all about him, but he most recently hosted the Twippies, and I would like to thank Amoto Harney for also doing that. She's editor extraordinaire. Um, 
she was also a pintern. She agreed to be a pintern for TPF, and I screwed up and didn't send her her pintern missions on time. By the time I contacted her, she was already super duper duper busy for it and was didn't have the time, honestly, to complete her pin. But I still, I, you're still a pintern in my heart, Amoto. All right, next is pintern extraordinaire, Mr. Chris the Pintern. Chris, thanks for all you do for the show. I haven't heard from you as much recently, but I can't wait to see you. And I really, I know that you had rented the Airbnb for Pemberg. I still hope that we get a hotel room or an Airbnb for Expo, hopefully in the fall. It's going to be a party. Chris, I owe you dinner, a drink, a big hug, a high five, and probably a very platonic smooch on the cheek if you let me give you one. Um, depending on, you know, depending on your wife's thoughts. I'll double check with her first. I always double check with the wife before I kiss people. All right. Number two is Gamma Goat himself, the most okayest pin turn on the planet. And Gamma Goat called me out on it. He said, WTF is a Galleons, Bert. Uh, and I don't think he said Bert or WTF because he doesn't use any of those terms. But he wrote me on Messenger and was like, what? So when I was, I was very, very, very tired. I did a 18 and a half hour boil off. I started at 9.15 in the morning and I didn't finish till after two. Then I had to spend an hour packaging all of it. Tim the Lion Man Lee wanted to know if he can purchase it. And I said, I actually looked into it. Although I can't send most of my products like our applesauce, our hot sauce, our jam, those aren't supposed to go across the border. Maple syrup can be, and Danielle knew this because she checked at the mailbox before I sent Glenn the skateboarder his prize package with his pin shades and uh, his maple syrup last year for doing the Pimble Nerds podcast song. So uh, sorry for going on about galleons. I thought it would be a little trick on Aussies, Americans, and our UK listeners, and everyone from France, Germany, Holland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, all the other awesome places that listen to me. And I wanted to pretend that I didn't know what a gallon was, like a gallon of gas or a liter of gas. Yes, here we use liters, there we use gallons. But even here, a lot of our products come from the United States, so they'll say gallons and liters right on them. Um, but then I started saying galleons, and I realized that they kind of sounded like the thing that you use for money in Harry Potter. And in my head, it was funnier than it was. I should have said it once, and I said it like 50 times. It fell flat. I think the term he uses, they can't all be home runs. And no, they can't be uh, in here where they can't be. All right, number 23 is Jeff Teolis. Can't think about uh, my buddy Ian without thinking about his good friend Jeff. And Jeff, thanks for all you do on Pinball Profile in the final round. I absolutely love it. Number 24 is Mike Dimas. Um, he's brought back hundreds of pinball machines from the dead that might not have ever been restored. And for all you do for Pinball, Mike, thank you so much, of course, formerly of the Canadian Pinball Podcast. When I start thinking about podcasters, I thought, well, who should, who should I... Who else isn't in pinball podcasting that I should be thanking? And immediately I thought of Ken Cromwell. Thanks for all you did for special when lit and pinball podcasting. But now thanks for all you've done for revolutionizing. And I don't use that term lightly, revolutionizing the, uh, you know, what, like what we see in pinball for, as far as what, what is to be expected of a pinball release moving forward. Next is his buddy, Bill Webb, who's still streaming with Flippin' Out, and of course, Steve Beatty. Uh, Steve Beatty, I love you, buddy. You're hilarious. You're funny. I can't wait to have a beer with you. Steve Beatty's in that like group of like the top 10 dudes I want to have a beer with and just shoot the shots with, you know what I mean? And play a game of pinball. Uh, of course, then I start Steven, thinking of Stevens, and I think of Steven Silver from the Poor Men's Pinball Podcast, all his animation and hard work he does for P3 Multimorphic, and then I start thinking about Moon Pies, and then, oh, it's gone all bad. Wait, is he the guy who sent in the moon pies? I think so. All right, number 29 is Stephen Bowden. I started thinking about famous Stevens, and you couldn't think about Stephen Bowden. And I've said this before, regardless or not of what happens with him at Deep Root, whether or not Deep Root collapses, or if Deep Root's the... I don't think Deep Root's going to collapse, and I also don't think Deep Root's like the next Stern or JJP. 
I think they're going to fall into place probably being a little bit lower than, I don't know who will win between American Pinball and them. I don't know who will be pr making more machines, them or Spooky, but Spooky is doing everything right, and they are eh, arguably not so far, so let's keep moving on on this list, though. Robert Big Mouth Mueller. You can't think about Deep Route without Robert Big Mouth Mueller. Now, why would I be thanking him? I'm not thanking him for all the times he was over the top rude and made fun of other companies and said how they would be way better than everybody else. I, I think that was over boastful and that was silly until you had a product out. Now, the products out, you want to say, I think this looks better, this works better, this shoots better, fine. But, you know, five years out when you can't even make a product for five years from now, don't be talking about how bad a pinball company is. That being said, I'm thanking Robert because he's given us lots of awesome comeback. What about the pinball comes to mind and several other awesome things. Now, when you talk about Rad Roberts, you've got to talk about Robert Byers. That's right. Robert Byers. I absolutely love you. Robert Byers of Top Rope Pinball. He is so funny. And Robert, you are funny whether or not you are drunk off your tree or not. So... I don't want to ever see Robert get as drunk as he did for the one stream. That one stream where he was not able to stand up for an entire ball at any point was scary. But when you're thinking about fighting, you think about Macho Pinball. And Macho Pinball, where are you? Are you really Jeff Patterson or was that an April Fool's thing? I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. But when I start thinking about Macho, I start thinking about Jeff Patterson. And when I start thinking about Jeff Patterson, I thank him for everything he's done for TWIP as well as the Twippies. I can't imagine how much time and energy it is to put that together. Jeff Patterson also donated all the monies that were given during that time to go back to all the rad pinball locations that are struggling. So Jeff Patterson, can't thank you enough for all you do for pinball. Um, of course, when I start thinking of Jeff Patterson, I, it reminds me of the uh, the Deep Six. And I think about Kerry Hardy. Kerry Hardy, thank you for everything you do for pinball. Your videos are second to absolutely no one's on YouTube. Um, just the format that you do, that blog style, and you're funny. Now, I do love Straight Down the Middle's video formats as well. They're just totally different. As far as like a podcast or blog style, uh, Kerry's are the best, by far, hands down. Crystal Gemnick, when I'm thinking of the Deep Root Six. The Plum, where's the Plum? Did you take the tilt bob out and the plum's completely gone? No, I'm just kidding. Crystal Gemmick, I hope I hear from you soon, whether that's through the plum or something else. I am missing you. I hope that you're doing well. Next is number 36, Mrs. Pin. It was awesome to have both of them on the same show, of course, at Pinburg. You can't think about Mrs. Pin and Mrs. Pin's pinball podcast and everything she does for pinball without thinking about Dr. Pin. And Dr. Pin, I'm going to miss you when you're gone. Um, next is Franchi. Absolutely love you, Franchi. Thanks for coming on the show. Franchi did very few pinball podcasts while being on Saps. I don't know if I was the only one. I'm the only one I can think of. No, I think you went over there and did Poor Man as well. So you're in good company, Franchi. Love you, bro. You're welcome back here anytime. Now, when I start thinking about Franchi, I think about the biggest feud of last year in pinball podcasting. That's right. Franchi versus Chris, just cool enough for school. Yes, Mr. Canada himself. Um, that's right. I'm hoping to have Chris on the show uh, sometime this week. Hopefully, maybe I'm going away for uh, Thanksgiving uh, to go visit Danielle's family uh, out there in Pugwash by Tata Magoosh. So I won't get to interview him most likely. I'm not sure. It'll be up hopefully this weekend, if not Easter Monday. And so everyone have a wonderful Easter there. Number 40 on the list. Let's go to pew, 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 the lightning round. Oh my God, I got three minutes to get through. I'm not, okay, guys, it's going to be a two segment thing. Sorry. All right. Next on the list is cause. That's right. Uh, cause of course, TPS correspondent extraordinaire. Uh, also poor man's pinball podcast, super fan been seeing him lots. Has he been inducted in the tribe? If he hasn't been, he will be soon. Next is Jesse J from Jesse J's pinball adventures. 
I'm really enjoying just following Jesse J's discovery into learning about, you know, rules of pinball, the people of pinball, um, how to go to a pinball tournament and, and just hearing about her coming up through the ranks. I can't wait to get to play Jesse J someday. I also hope to have her on the show someday. And of course, you can't think about Jesse J and thank her for all her hard work without thinking about Ryan C. Now, I totally forgot. I might have had a couple beers while I was doing my live stream. I totally forgot to post the video. So I think I'm going to try to post it tomorrow morning. I like to post videos Saturday morning. There's more people around. You know what? Maybe I'm going to look up what time it is in Australia, and I'll try to post it at like noon. Do, 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 do. Ryan C. will have a fortnight, two weeks from when I post it to see if he can chug one-fifth of a cup of maple syrup as quickly as Orbital Albert. Um, I don't know. I thought that would be more funny than it was. But, uh, you know, they, they can't all be home runs, as the Gamma Goat tells us. Okay, next is Marty Robbins. You can't think about head-to-head -head pinball without Marty. And, Marty, I absolutely love you. Uh, it was really good to get to meet you. We were both in line at the Intergalactic Pinball uh, Championship or tournament, whatever, and we got to chat. You were kind enough to let me take a picture with you. I'm sure you're like, who the heck is this guy? I had never written you guys. I think maybe we were Facebook friends, but like I'd never talked to you. I was just some stranger. Like, I love your podcast. Can I get a picture with you? Now, what one big regret from Pimberg is I don't think I posted that picture and it was on my phone that died. So I still have that phone and I want to try to, I don't know, there's certain internet companies or companies online that you can send it to that can try to get it off there. I don't know. Hey, I made 88 people and there's only, and I'm at 44. So I did get halfway through and I'll try to go faster and go off topic less next time, people. The fact that I thought I could get through 88 shout outs <laughs> in half an hour is kind of comical, but Number 44, we're halfway through the list in half an hour, so that gives me some hope, is Mr. Escher Lefkoff. Escher Lefkoff, I really truly believe, will be the future of pinball. If I don't know if he's going to be a coder or a designer. I don't know if he's just going to be the top competitive player, but whatever Escher puts his, maybe all three, maybe we're going to, maybe Escher is kind of the next Keith Elwin. I think he is. Uh, either way, he's incredibly talented, and I think for the rest of his life, he's going to primarily work in pinball, and I can't wait personally to see what he does. That being said, pinball nerds, I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And we're back. All right, guys. So we finished 44 of the 88 pinball nerds I'm thankful for. And uh, something I thought about just while I was uploading that first half of today's episode is that there is people on here who are going to feel left out. So just for instance, uh, just looking at this list, I was like, whoa, you left out Dwight Sullivan. Now, does that mean I'm not thankful for Dwight Sullivan? I'm not thankful for Dwight Sullivan when the flashers go on The Walking Dead and I'm almost blinded by the lights. Revved up like a doucher in the middle of the night. Um, but <sighs> blinded by Dwight. Yeah, that's what it was. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn, the skateboarder. <laughs> Um, you guys, no one actually thought I could be mad at Glenn, the skateboarder. Come on. He's done so much for the show. I get to talk to him all the time. And Glenn, that's why it wasn't believable. Even though you were joshing me a little on the poor man's pinball tribe and a little bit publicly, and you weren't liking some of my posts on purpose. They know we're buds. Uh, I tried to make it believable. And nine times out of 10, I realized you're not supposed to put the lie first because that's what people try to do when they're trying to trick you. And smart people knew that. But Drop Target Danielle listened to a good chunk of the episode and she didn't even know which one was a lie. So uh, I will say this, uh, the Drew and Ian thing is true, but don't message them and bug them about it. Unless you're going to buy them a shirt. If you buy a shirt off Silverball Swag, 
And then after you buy, uh, you know, the most rad, one of the most rad shirts of pinball podcasting, then it's a, a in pinball podcasting, sorry. And then after that, if you message them, hey, I heard Orby said that one of you two guys might have a, a hobby that's almost as nerdy, if not even nerdier than pinball. You can do that. It doesn't mean they're going to respond to you. But if you've bought the shirt, there's more likely you'll get back at least a funny answer. Now, that being said, I don't think that either of them would care. But uh, I'm just suggesting that in the 80s or 90s, this particular hobby would have been thought of as way more nerdy than pinball. And nowadays, I think they're kind of interchangeable. I don't think either of them are nerdy at all. In fact, I use the term nerd when I say pinball nerd as a term of endearment because a nerd is thought of someone who's super duper learned on something, someone who's obsessive about something, someone who, you know, eat, sleeps, and breathes that particular freaking topic. Am I right? And could there be a topic that I eat, sleep, or breathe more than pinball? And the answer is no. I did, this is a little off topic, but I just realized in my dreams, in my dreams for like the last six or seven months, like nine times out of 10 when I'm out in public, everyone's wearing a mask. But last night I dreamt for the first time, it'd be like the first time a TV show was, was done in color when they switched the Wizard of Oz over to not black and white anymore. And you got to see those rosy red slippers, ruby red slippers for the first time, right? Um, wow, wow, wow. Let's go back to our list though here. Okay, so number 45 on the list, you can't think, thank Escher Lefkoff without thanking Adam. Because as a pinball dad myself, someday I know, I don't think that Hayden or Owen are gonna become the next Escher. Even though I was very shocked after what, three, four, five, six months of not having Roller Coaster Tycoon here or any fast pinball machines because the only modern Stern within a six hour, a you heard me right, the only modern Stern within a six hour round trip is a Ghostbusters that's inside a bar that's 18 and above in Turo. If not, they have to drive with me to Halifax, three hours there, three hours back, two and a half, I don't know, whatever. Uh, now there is lots of machines in Moncton, but we're not allowed to cross the border until Moncton. April 19th. Wow. I'm going to be celebrating 420 this year way more than I normally do because I get to go have Mansu barbecue. I get to go to Spin It Records and buy some freaking records. I'm going to get the new tunes and no, that's not the record from my, my dog. T-U-N-E-T-U-N-S. Uh, -E -E Ooh, I'll play them uh, on the next show. I've already got today's queued up. But as a dad, if anything that Hayden and Owen accomplish in pinball, I'll feel a little tiny bit of a, hey, I helped get them into pinball when I was a kid. And if it wasn't only for Adam getting Escher into pinball, then encouraging him to go to tournaments, then buying more pinball machines for him to get really good at playing all different machines from different eras. Like just, if you're a dad out there and you just have a row of modern Sterns and you really want your children to be great at pinball and to be good at designing or maybe be good at coding or maybe be good at even marketing and promotions and helping, give them appreciation for pinball machines from different decades. Don't just have five, you know, the, the Stern lineup just sitting there. Um, giving them appreciation for different decades and different time periods and different art and getting to use different types of flippers and all those sorts of things will make their game better. And I think that's something that Adam would have had to have done is introduce Escher to so many different types of game for years and years and years because he won, uh, he won Papa when he was that young, right? And to be able to win where you have to play old machines, new machines, I think he played skateball with Bo and Karens on the final machine. And that's like a 1979 masterpiece, right? And to be able to play that machine and beat the guy who wrote the book on how to play pinball, basically, who's Bowen, 
yeah, that's crazy. So thank you, not only Adam Lefkoff, but every pinball dad out there that takes the time and energy to introduce us to their children. Because let's be honest, if we don't have a future generation of pinball nerds, pinball dies. And although people have said that, I think we're seeing a resurgence. And the resurgence is partially due to young players like Escher Lefkoff introducing all their friends and their coworkers and their, uh, you know, the other people they go to school with, uh, classmates or whatever, you know, to pinball. And also by pulling in over on Twitch. Let's be honest, if you see some old dude in his 40s like me streaming pinball and you're in your 20s yourself, or you could go watch watch Escher, who's a lot more hip and cool and whatever, you're going to go watch Escher. You're not going to watch me, right? <sighs> I digress. I love Escher Lefkoff and Adam. Thank you for helping uh, making such a, a rad pinball nerd as, as, as a child. You've obviously done not only a great job introducing him to pinball, but also a great job as a dad because he's, he's cool. He's really, he's really cool. I like, I could, I've gone into chat sometimes. I'm always, always shocked. Um, oh man, his pinball channels, pub, pub, Steve-O, pub, Steve-O, Steve-O, pub, Steve-O, pub. Just Google it or message Adam or Escher and they will let you know or message me and I will send you a link to his Twitch channel because I believe it's Steve-O, pub. But I'm always shocked because when I go in there quite often, not so much now, but like up until maybe six months ago, quite often, I'd be the only person chatting with Escher. So I can think of no less than like 20 times I went into chat and I just picked his brain for like an hour. It was just Escher and I hanging out. Like it's just, yeah. All right. I got to move forward here. I'm never going to get through the 88. Next on that list is number 47. I start thinking about awesome Adams and I think about Adam Kessler, the owner and operator and tournament director at North Star Pinball uh, in Montreal. If you're traveling through Montreal to come see Orville Albert on the East Coast and you don't stop and visit North Star, you missed out. So make sure all the all the four city people, the people coming to visit me from Toronto and London, the hordes of you getting on the bus in the limo. You guys used to all go out to Pimburg, and now you should just you should just rent a caravan or a, a what's it called a caravan, a, a, not a minivan, a, a, um, an RV. Thanks, Drop Target, uh, an RV. You should rent an RV, and you should all come out here and visit Orbital Albert. You can hang out in Orbeez Arcade. I'll take you to all the. Okay, no, I just told them they have to drive six hours round trip to go to a new machine. No, we can go to Moncton. We'll go to Spin It Records. We'll go to Bolarama. They've got Attack from Mars. You can try my one-up arcade. Uh, we can play some Future Spa. We'll have a tournament here. We'll set it up on IFA. It'll be great. Someone come visit me. I'm lonely. Can you tell? I'm bored. Uh, no, pinball tournaments will start up again. The border will open. As soon as the border opens, I can go start bugging and hang out with David Dennis again and my buddy Dylan up there in Fredericton, and we can start doing hopefully very soon because the numbers have been so low here on the East Coast. Knock on wood. Hopefully we can start doing non-IFPA tournaments pretty soon. I would be comfortable doing it with Masson starting now, to be honest. So, yeah, if you're out there and you're listening and you you live on the East Coast and you want to organize tournaments, invite me. I'll come. I'll wear a mask, but I'll come. And as long as we're staying with all the health guidelines and, you know, we're not like more than whatever, I think it's 25 people indoors, then I probably would be okay with it. Let's make sure that we do it safely. But the numbers are so low out here. I think we had two cases of over a million people yesterday. So when the numbers are statistically that low, yeah, I'm comfortable. I don't have to wait till there's zero cases for years to go play. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to go play. I'm ready to jeopardize my life and my lungs for you, Mr. Pinball. All right. To a degree, to a degree. Just if you're places where the numbers are still really high, just be careful. Be careful. You, you know your own level of safety. Hey, I'm a skateboarder for years. The last thing I'm going to do is be driving by a skate park and be like, pull over. 
Hey, you out there, you could smash your arm in 15 bits like I did and be in incredible pain and not be able to wake up in the morning without your arm asleep for the next three years. Am I going to say that to every kid out there skateboarding? No, they need to learn that stuff on their own. So yeah. All right. Next is I start thinking about awesome owners of pinball places and I couldn't not think about Robin from Cabin Fever in Toronto. Robin, I hope you're able to make it through this. I know the numbers have been worse there. Please, if you're in the GTA, consider renting out Cabin Fever. I believe you used to be able to do that. If you can't rent it out, uh, you can feel comfortable in knowing that they did put like shower curtain basic things between like every single machine or like some type of, of barrier and they only allow a certain number of people in there. Let's hope that soon though, everyone just gets vaccinated up and we can go out there. Once I'm vaccinated, I'll just be like, I don't care. Everyone's like, what, what vaccine you get? I want the Moderna, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Bop. And I'm like, I don't care. You can give me the Johnson and Orbeez for all I care. Like, just give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All the kids said I'm too fly for a non-vaccine. Uh, here we go. So next on that list, I have to think about owners of awesome places that have lots of pinball machines. And immediately I think of Mike Todd from Speed City Records. Shout out. Uh, Speed City Records is my favorite record store and the best in London, Ontario. I can say that without a doubt. Uh they're still open, I believe. Go to the Speed City Records Facebook page if you live in and around London. If you're not from London, get in your car right now and drive there and go support them and go play some pinball uh, when it's safe. All right. Next is, because I don't even know if the pinball machines are turned on again yet. But next on that list, I couldn't think about Monday Night Pinball in Speed City without thinking about Julie Dorsers. That's right. Julie, the Wonder Woman Dorsers, Pinterin Extraordinaire. Uh, got to have her on the show not too long ago. Boy, was that nice to talk to Julie. She, without Julie, like without Julie tournament being the TD and running everything at Monday Night Pinball, excuse me, I never would have got back into pinball at all, ever. So number 50 on that list, I couldn't think about Monday Night Pinball without remembering Mark and City. Now that's one guy I got to reach out to and talk to. Uh, Mark and City is, of course, the designer of uh, the Night Before Christmas Homebrew Pinball Machine, Twippy Award-winning. He not only did that, but he also inspired, I believe, honestly, dozens, a whole new generation of homebrewers. When homebrewers saw how incredible, and still to this day, I'm sorry, Jack Danger, your homebrew is pretty cool. I'm sorry to like Sonic Spinball, but by far to this day, I will stand by it up, down, left, right, center, the best homebrew pinball machine on the planet still to this day with the deepest rule code that was... You have to remember, no one was even putting LCDs into their, like not even Stern was putting LCDs into their machines. Not even Jersey Jack when when uh, Mark and City decided to do that. Uh, maybe that was right around the start of Waz, but um, so just really revolutionary. And the fact that no pinball company has bought up this incredible machine uh, is just insane to me. Now, I know the theme is getting a little bit old because it's been a long time ago. But I still believe, even though Mark and City, when I asked him about this, he wasn't sure if it would be possible. I still think you could buy up the design, the code, and everything else for that, and you could still find another theme it could work for because the shots are incredible. The rules are incredible. It is, you know, it's there's just so much cool happening on that. At the very least, if you're a pinball company, consider at least maybe purchasing certain ideas or I don't know how that works, but consider reaching out to Mark to get some help with something. All right, can't wait to play pinball with Mark and see him when I get back there. I've got to go quicker. So it is officially time for the lightning round. So uh, 
Good morning. There's Hurry Up Hayden. He's not going to come on the show and chat with us right now, are you, buddy? That's okay. He's given Elowin a belly scratch. And anytime someone's busy scratching Elowin, you leave them alone. All right. So I've lost my spot on the list here. We finished number 50 on the back of this page. Here it is. And here we go. Mark and City. Next on that list, I start thinking about uh, when I'm thinking about rad pinball designers, of course, you think about Steve Ritchie, high speed. If it wasn't for high speed, I wouldn't have got back into pinball in high school because that was the one machine that really got me back into it. Uh, when I played high speed, it went, whoa, pinball machines have came a long, long way in the last 10 years. I think that was in grade 10. So yeah, I hadn't played much since grade two or grade three, really. That's not true. I did play in grade nine in the one arcade. I played from time to time, but that's when that really got me thinking about pinball again. Now, you can't think about Steve Ritchie without my boy Tim Sexton. Tim, thanks for all you've done for getting back into pinball. I think that Tim should have been definitely on that top list uh, of new rookies to pinball. The coding work that he did on Black Knight is exceptional. And I haven't played Led Zeppelin yet, but I would have to imagine everything he's done on there is incredible as well. And I don't know why, but whenever I think of Tim Sexton, I think of Ray Day. I don't know if it's because they're both young. I don't know if it's because they're both rad. I don't know if it's because uh, I got to hang out with them at Pemberg and I got a cool selfie with them and they were both hanging out at the same time there. I don't know why. Maybe because they both started at Stern around the same time. Maybe because they're both, you know, younger competitive players uh, and also streamers. I'm not sure, but I love both those dudes and, uh, yeah, Ray Day, thanks for all you do for pinball. I played Avengers again, and wow, the rule set on that thing. I mean, think about this. I managed to somehow qualify for A Division, managed to be one of the top 200 pinball players out of the top 1,000 pinball players who were there from across the planet. I managed, and I still do not understand anything about the rules. I've heard people talking about gems for Thanos. I love Hulk. I recently just bought a Hulk 181 comic, okay? It's not in good condition, and it's not the expensive one, but it's beautiful, and I'm going to pair it with a really cool Hulk 1990 Marvel Impel card, and I'm going to sell it, make some moolahs, and it, probably it's kind of like my new side hustle is I'm doing kind of like sports cards and comic books, and... Uh, I'm really enjoying that. Of course, I'm going to keep the best ones for me and only give away, you know, the not as nice ones. But for everything you do in pinball, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, let's head into the lightning round here because I'm wavy. I've only done 12 since we started again, and we're halfway through this episode. Okay, so here's the lightning round. Josh and Josh Roop. Roop, there it is. And Scott, la, 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 loser Larson. Uh, now he gave himself the name, the loser kid. I didn't. So, so don't make, get mad at me for that. But those loser kids, they shouldn't be called loser kids. They should be called, I'm a winner, baby. So why don't you shoot me? Because these freaking guys, they are internet interviewers extraordinaire. I thought that Dr. Penn was starting to give them a run for their money for the best interview pinball show. And poof, just like that, Saps is gone. So congratulations to be like uh, the unfettered kings of interviewing on pinball podcast. And the other reason I want to thank Josh and Scott is after loser kid pinball podcast did not make the top 10 for twippies. I felt better. <laughs> if you interview Keith Elwin three times that year, you have sound quality as good as they have on there. You're as, as fun and outgoing and, and you get, I think they're the, you know, now that saps is gone, they're definitely the reigning king of interview pinball podcasting and yet they don't even make it in the top 10 
I'm going to be telling, I'm saying it right here. All year long, I'll be saying this. Don't vote for me in the Twippies. I don't, I probably got like 11, 12 or less votes in the Twippies. But every single person all year round, don't vote for me. I don't want on the drop down. I want to get Loser Kid on the drop down. I'm starting the campaign right here, right now. They need to make the drop down. If I'm Josh and Scott, now I don't think those guys are like, they didn't really ask for people to vote for them. They didn't put stuff up on their Facebook pages. They weren't begging. They weren't pleading. But they probably thought, oh, geez, we'll make top 10. They just knew they wouldn't make first place. So they didn't bother asking or they just don't care about those things. And I think they just don't care about those things. And that's why I'm thanking them even more. It makes them even more rad. So Josh and Scott, for everything that you do for pinball, thank you. And I hope you have a rad Easter weekend. I remember I said lightning round. I didn't do it. All right. Number 56. I'm thinking about Scott. I'm thinking about Scott Denisi. That's right. Okay. Scott, for everything that you've done, I've talked about you enough on the show, but and even on top three with Orby, when I did top three young guns, you guys can go listen to that. I don't even know if it's still on TBN. I'd like to think it is. I, I don't know. I've never looked. But if if not, believe me, you've heard enough about Scott Denisi. He integrates the sound of the pinball machine with the play of the pinball machine better than anyone else. And many of you know the only reason why I don't love and I'm not excited to play Hot Wheels as much as I could be is because of those two sound effects. The sound effect of the air gun, and then the sound of you driving over your, your tire, driving over that, the airline, and it goes, bing, ding, bing, ding, ding, bing, 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 shut up, who made the sound for this, did someone play one game on Hot Wheels and go, hey, by the way, you know those two sound effects that are completely unneeded and uncalled for? They're really irritating to the point that if someone's playing a Hot Wheels anywhere in the same vicinity or same room, it would probably drive me nuts. Now, I haven't got to play Hot Wheels yet, and I don't know. And I will say this. I thought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage, I thought that that song repeating over and over and over again would drive me nuts. But when I was in the arcade and there's 15 pinball machines on and going in a track mode and other arcade machines going, it didn't really bug me. In fact, when that song started, I kind of sang with it and enjoyed it while I was playing the game. That being said, if it was, I basically can't ever buy a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because of that, but I can play it and enjoy it for short little periods of time. So I will say this, I, the sound for TMNT is like a hundred times less irritating because there's not those little ping noises that drive you nuts. In fact, I couldn't even watch live streamers live streaming the Hot Wheels challenge because that's how much it bugged me. That being said, I am hopefully going to be live streaming Hot Wheels soon. What? Okay, so let's move on forward because I, I do want to see if it does bug me or not, but I'll talk about that in a momento. So next on this list is I lost myself on the list. So next on this list, after things, Scott Denisi is Mr. Charlie from Spooky Pinball. Charlie, for everything you do for Spooky Pinball, for giving us a, ra the, a rad free topper. And Mr. Uh, topper, the topper, I don't, I don't want Zach Topper Many Messiah to lose his title, but he stated that uh, he didn't believe that that Rick and Morty topper believed in there in that category for the Twippies for the most rad topper. What he doesn't understand is we don't all have a thousand dollars to spend on a topper. In fact, I've, rarely spent a thousand dollars American on a pinball machine. In fact, I can only think of two, three pinball machines I've bought of 15 that cost more than that. So think of that. I've owned 15 pinball machines and only three of them are more expensive than a thousand dollar topper from Stern. 
So yeah, that's why I don't love toppers that much that aren't free. So I have toppers, although every one of my pinball machines has toppers on it right now, but they're all related to the machine. They're hilarious, they're funny, or they're handcrafted. In fact, my favorite topper right now, which is on the future machine for Dennis Creasel, which uh, will eventually someday be Harry Potter. That machine, because he said Harry Potter would never come out, and I want to prove him wrong. And also I was a bit of a jerk and own a machine. So his big shot is here, and the topper for that is actually the old topper for my Christmas tree, which is my high speed to the getaway mini machine exact replica that Drop Target Danielle got me for Christmas this year. But what's even cuter is the topper on that machine is a little Kinder Egg surprise uh, bobblehead frog that his head moves around. And I've been using the bobblehead frog that's the topper on top of the topper on top of the topper to tell me when I'm over nudging on that machine. So it's really fun. It's really fun. It's very cute. Just just yell to all the pinball nerds, uh, honey. Is it really cute or not? It's adorable. Thank you. Thank you. She was laughing over there, so I thought maybe I should let her in. All right. So you can't talk about Charlie without talking about Bug. And Bug is his son. And when I was talking about all those rad pinball dads that do stuff for their kids in pinball, wow, Charlie, you probably did as much as Adam Lefkoff, if not more, because you introduced him to the most rad hobby on the planet, which is pinball when he was young. Um, he helps code the machines. I think he might even help design a machine in the future. I think he's going to school for like software to kind of learn about the coding. Um, Spooky Pinball has made very few mistakes other than maybe... I didn't love their very first theme. And I don't like the music of Rob Zombie. I'm not going to lie. I don't love the gameplay on Rob Zombie either. But I mean, I'm just saying, let's just think like they still haven't made any mistakes as a company. I think it was smart for them to get Rob Zombie at that point. I think it was even smart for them to do America's Haunted at that point with Ben Heck because that's who they could get. So moving forward here. Oh, and I want to say cheers to Bug and Charlie. Just the number of years they did that pinball podcast. I only listened to it a handful of times for about 30 seconds. I don't listen to it. I draw the line. I listen to like every pinball podcast on the planet other than localized ones that are about localized tournaments. Like I don't listen to like the San Diego pinball podcast or the, the San Antonio one. You know what I mean? Or the New York City one because it's all just about localized stuff. Uh, it doesn't mean I continue to listen to every pinball podcast, but I can see a time and a space and a place in which I'm going to go all the way back and start listening to Spooky Pinball's monthly podcast all the way back. And the fact that they were running a pinball company and having time to do that is incredible. Now, I've got to thank Eric Menier. I realized that uh, when I did the Twippies red carpet, I didn't have a spot for him and I felt bad for that. Thank you, Eric, for all you've done for pinball. He was also included in my top three young guns of pinball and uh, so you can go back and listen to that episode and see why I love Eric so much. But very much like speaking with Escher, there's been many times where I've gone in to uh, speak with Eric on Twitch when he's doing a Twitch stream. And he's the only one there. And we'll shoot the shots about craft beer for 45 minutes and barely even talk about pinball and then circle back to pinball. And I just love this guy. I I don't know. I, I'm just excited. My favorite thing about tennis and i've already mentioned tennis once so probably not to that's even more nerdy than pinball come on um i'm gonna go well, excuse me while i get on my tennis sweater uh i don't own any tennis sweaters guys uh but the one thing about tennis that i loved in the 90s was andre agassi the the big feud of andre agassi versus pete sampras and i was the andre agassi guy albert agar right and my buddy pete chapman was the pete sampras guy so every single match we argued and we would put money on it. And we, I think we even got in a physical fight over who was a better, like it started as a wrestling match and it turned into a more serious thing in a bouncy castle. We ended up both coming out bloody as hell, but 
I said, without a doubt, Andre Agassi's better. And he said, without a doubt, Pete Sampras was better. We've now gone to see that Pete Sampras was a better player. He won way more uh, cups. So uh, speaking of, I'm trying to get my hands. Oh, no, I did just get in a Pete Sampras rookie card through Sports Illustrated, but it was perforated edge and someone cut it, you jerk. So it's not worth that much. I can't ever get it graded. Let's go back into, oh my gosh, I've gone off topic. Okay, no more off topic for the left. Four minutes to finish 80 people. Pat Lawler, you you are incredible at pinball. You're awesome. I love you. Everyone knows about Pat Lawler. Keep doing what you're doing, except for maybe the next machine. Don't make it as hard as Wonka because Wonka's too hard. And it'd be rad if the sound didn't sound like a slot machine. All right. Uh, number 62 is Rachel from the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. Her and Tim Lee have recently started doing really cool uh, interviews with the tribe members. Go listen to that. They most recently had Brad Hopkins. Brad Hopkins, you make the list by an asterisk because I probably forgot to add you. But Brad, thank you for all you've done to help me with my game and coming on the show. Next is number 63, Josh Mudd. All you need to know about Josh Mudd is he's comic relief. Sometimes I'm having a bad day or I'm a little grumpy. And then I'll see a funny meme or a funny post or an update from Josh Mudd. Or he's tagged me again in something. And I'll just shats my pants laughing. Number 64 is David Dennis of Silverball Chronicles. Please message silverballchronicles at gmail.com and let him know. Just say Orby said hi. That's all I have to say. All right, next is his co-host, Ron Howlett, also, his, and his co-host is Bruce, Bruce Nightingale. That's right. I got to come up with a, a cool nickname for Bruce because Bruce, he's awesome. All right, number 67 is Kate Martin. Uh, she was most recently uh, on uh, a show with Ryan C there that was a little contentious. She was a little grumpy for it, but I like that. I'd like to hear someone with a little bit of edge. I like to hear someone ready to like tell it like it is and not give you a filtered view of their uh, ideas on pinball. Let's just say this. Kate Martin's uh, views, uh, Katie Martin, Kate Martin, her views on uh, um, um, that show were very unfiltered. In fact, they were so unfiltered, you might say, some people might have wanted them slightly more filtered. Not me, though. Uh, now, speaking of someone who probably could, the opposite end of that is probably a, maybe a little a little safe from time to time, but love the content, is Jeff Parsons of the Pinball Players Podcast and his co-host, Joe Lemire, incredible competitive player. Joe Lemire, stop hassling Jeff Parsons so much. He's just like me. He's more of a pinball player who goes to have fun. Don't hassle him if you're watching him on a live stream because he missed like one tap pass or something. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love you, Joe. And love your beard. That beard is epic. He even has a better beard than me. I only have one minute left. Here we go. Tom MacArthur, um, Dr. John, uh, Leslie and Rod from Game Time Television, Nick Lane and Kevin Manny from uh, Buffalo Pinball, John from Jack Bar, Zombie Eddie, amazing, most amazing, second most amazing, up there tied with the most amazing artist with Christopher Franchi. 79 is Drew and Ian from the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. Uh, don't need to tell you any more about them, but they're rad as hell. Uh, number 81 and 82 are my wonderful wife, Drop Target Danielle, my oldest son, Hurry Up Hayden. Number 83 is Little Orby Jr. They have to listen to me do these podcasts all the time. And unfortunately, like right now, Hayden would rather be watching Netflix or something, but instead he has to just sit here and have his breakfast while looking up at his dad doing a podcast. Next is my Oma. My Oma was smart as a whip. She loved playing cards. I'm sure that's where I helped get some of my good pinball playing skills. And then, of course, my Opa, who had amazing hand-eye coordination, um, 
ah, I, m I miss them. And speaking of my Aunt Marianne, she was kind enough to help make, she gave me a very generous gift in the last month. Let's just say that. And I will be forever, th ever, ever thankful so much for that, Aunt Marianne. I love you and Uncle Hans and everybody back there in London. We miss you guys so much. Number 87 on this list is my dad. Some people might call him Kirk the Jerk, but in the last few years, he's really came around. And uh, he was the one, he was the parent who I was like, I'm skipping school to go play pinball. And he was like, yeah, go have at it. You can have at it. Go for it. I don't care. It's Friday. Just make up on the homework. Like he would literally write me notes to go play pinball, not at school. And I thought, geez, that's a pretty cool pinball dad. All right, guys, the final one on my list, the person I'm most thankful for is my mom, Josephine Patricia Morton. If it wasn't her for buying my first pinball machine in grade six, you wouldn't get to have heard this pinball podcast today. Until next time, pinball nerds, get good vibrations. Remember to eat, sleep,